2: With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Everton's rule of six is a lot clearer than the government's, isn't it? Six games this season, six wins. Everton smashed West Ham again tonight, 4-1. Another hat trick for Dominic Carbert Lewin. Uh, Coming a cost, of course. We'll speak about that a little bit later on. But uh, my three guests are in wonderful spirits uh, joining me: uh, Mark Morsey, Dave Darnie, and Adam Sutton. Uh, Everton are into the quarterfinals of the League Cup. Uh, I'll come to you first, Adam. A um, little bit ropey at times tonight, but bloody yeah, hell, when this team presses the accelerator, they can go some now,
3: can't they? Yeah, I think um, I think West Ham's Premier League quality showed slightly, um, but then that's even more of a testament to this Everton side at the moment, how well we dealt with it. We had another five, ten minutes after half-time, which which we were shaky for, but other than that, Mm, totally controlled the game. Um, As much as the substitutions we didn't want to make through the injuries, I think the lads coming on made a huge... I thought Decorey when he came on, gave us another burst of energy to push on and then really kill the game off. And yeah, There's a real feel-good factor around Kind of around, uh, yeah, the world of Evertonians at the moment. So long may it continue. Yeah, that that's the probably the, my, my favourite part of
2: the game, Dave. Obviously, apart from Dom getting his hat trick and you know all, all that entails as well, was the the, the ten minutes after we conceded the equaliser tonight because you know it's a fine goal from Starcass, and I think it's obviously the second game in a row where the opposition have have come out and sort of undeservedly got back on level terms with a bit of a ball from the blue and. I think Everton teams in the past would have been shook by that, would have wilted, but under that sort of pressure, lost the way a little bit. But I think those ten minutes are probably the best Everton played in the entire game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a composure in possession about them now, isn't it? In place of what used to be panic. And you, you look at a midfield that is well makeshift. The best I think it ended up in the end, didn't it? Because. We ended up with so the Sigurdsson dropping deep. We had Delph. Delph I thought, was superb. By far the best game he's had in an Everton shirt. And, yeah, at these moments now, I think we're going to have to start getting used to it a little bit more. I think it's, it's very easy to get stuck in our old ways, and I think we will be for a while with certain aspects of how the team performs, because I had, I had real anxiety when West Ham equalised, because it's when it happens against the run of play that you're most fearful, I think, because you think you've done all your hard work in the game. And I commented the half-time in that regard, Matt, saying that it felt very, very comfortable for us, but we desperately needed that second because that threat was always there. Um, really good goal by Snodgrass as well. Um, really good finish. We know he's got that in his locker to be able to shoot from the edge of the box and all that stuff. But, yeah, after that, it was um, there was no... It was not. I think he's drilled into them a different sort of mentality when certain scenarios happen in games. And, and they're the, probably the unexpected ones. So, quite clearly, none of us expected us to concede so quickly after half-time. You expect a reaction from West Ham, of course you do. But when the team is able to ride that storm, that has been how we've got ourselves back in front in games in the past. Whereas this side, by comparison, I think is is much more it's much more succinct in our plays after that happens in a game for instance we've seen it against west brom then we went we went down against west brom it got went back to 2-2 and there's a there's a calmness that mm. sort of envelops the whole squad uh, the whole team that's on the pitch and that sort of manifests itself in everton getting back on the front foot really really mm. quickly so i think there's been definite messages that, that have come in from ancelotti and his backroom team that Everton are going to be the proactive force in as, many, in as many games as they possibly can. We'll see how that works against some of the bigger boys later on in the season. But against the likes of West Ham, they couldn't cope with us. They they simply had no answers when we sort of put our foot back down on the gas and started trying to play some attacking football again. And I don't know what you guys noticed, but the, the crispness of our passing. I don't know whether it's because you can hear the ball much better with no with no fans in there, but these passes are just really lovely, fast. Everything gets drilled into players, and they're always on the half turn to receive it. And essentially, what many football managers, I presume, would say, the basics of the game: receive the ball on the half turn, be ready to sort of play a forward pass into into some other the feet. And we're doing that with a plan. We look like we've been doing it for a long, long time. So there's a lot of sort of coaching techniques I think you see come before in a game like that. But yeah, um, magnificent attitude these lads have got now to go behind and, and things that the unexpected happen in games. Yeah, well, and just before we, we come on to speak about the the, the
2: trick here, you know, tonight, Mark, it's... It, it, early in the season, you know, of, of all the people, you, you know, you message during the games and stuff and watch the match with you. You know, when we got back, to, when we got pegged back 2-2 against West Brom, you, saw, you were sort of saying we're going to be fine. At the weekend against Crystal Palace, when it was back to 1-1 again, you were messaging saying, but we're going to be all right here. I mean, it's... What is it about this, this set of players and, and this manager that's giving you that trust so quickly? Because I think... You you were there against West Brom and you know against maybe Spurs as well. It's taken us a few of us to to you know a few of, the rest of us a bit longer to get there, but we're getting there now. But what is it about this this group of lads and the manager that, that gives you that trust that you know more often than not it's going to be all right? Uh, as
0: individuals, they're just destructive at will. You you just give the ball to any one of them and you just you feel like I think what benefits the whole team at the moment and obviously the individuals inside it is that. It's all so fresh that you kind of get the impression watching obviously the the five or six opposition teams that we've seen so far that the whole of British football is trying to figure out what this Everton team is about at the moment. And that probably plays into our hands a little bit because there's almost a little bit of a standoffish effect, in particular with James Rodriguez. Um, I, I personally am waiting for someone to get up the up the back of him and volume up in the air. Because quite honestly, it looks like the only tactic that could possibly stop him. Well, no Um, one's got near him to do it yet, have they? At at the moment, there really does feel like this whole sort of standoff and let's see what Everton are about. Um, And unfortunately, if you do that at the moment, you're you're two or three down before you've really got the answers. I think the the most pleasing element of the game tonight for me is that Everton were all right. um, But... Our number nine scored a hat-trick in a four-goal win. And I feel like this time next year I'll probably have forgotten that game because we didn't have to be <laughs> fantastic. We if you give Everton, you know, six or seven very good attacking chances and, and we get shots on target, we probably score a few goals. And if you if you're unable to stop players like James Rodriguez, and in particular Richarlison tonight, who I thought was excellent, in particular in the in the second half, we're going to cause teams problems. Uh, And and when this team, we're six games in now, we've won every one of them. And I still feel like watching them, that there's so much more to come. Um, I don't know where the the assurance comes from. It's probably primarily through the manager. You get the impression that, you know, getting into quarterfinals at a canter, which has been so difficult for Everton teams over the years, is essentially nothing to this manager. He's not really that bothered. Um, he, he will kick into real gear when we get into semi finals and finals. That looks like the place that he's taken us, and it looks like the, the real podium that these players deserve at the moment.
3: I think the mad thing for me is the way that this like mentality that needed changing so rapidly towards obviously the beginning of last season and towards the end, really. It's like it's that robotic way of, of playing football. And like the best teams in the world have robots playing for them. They're not the most interesting of blokes. They don't speak too well on camera. They never come across as someone who've got, I don't know, a really good personality when they're not playing football. But they're just born winners. They don't do anything else as a job to them. And I think the likes of Alan, the likes of James, the likes of you know with maybe less, because he seems to have like a a bit about them when it comes to like matters off the field. I don't care if our players aren't doing everything and anything when they're not on that pitch, as long as they're putting in performances and have that robot mentality of nothing faces us here, whether it's a, an equaliser just after half time, whether we go one nil down against the team, they just carry on as if it's normal. And that is what Ancelotti's done throughout his career, and he seems to be doing it to us now. And it's, it's amazing to see like how basically, apart from what three, four players. The team's the same apart from those four players who have come in. Three, we're talking Premier League. And he seems to have just changed the whole mentality of the club. Hmm.
2: And it's not just, you know, what you're saying there about clicking back into to that gear. It's against West Brom, you concede, they go up a gear. Against Palace, they concede, they go up a gear, get ahead. Tonight, they can see they go up again, again. It, it's almost like, the, you know, they're obviously not doing this, but it's almost like they're playing within themselves until they get a bit of a jolt. It's like, right, we need to go again here, lads, and, and move it up again. And, you know, speaking of, of setting new standards, Dave, and, you know, going up a level, Dominic Carver-Lewin, a second consecutive hat-trick for him at Goodison Park. I've just seen a, a great stat from the Toppy Blues there saying Dominic Carver-Lewin is the first player to score hat-tricks in consecutive home matches under Carlo Ancelotti since Cristiano Ronaldo in 2014. Uh, James Rodriguez played in all four of those matches. He's got a start, though. But, um, I mean, he's just, I think that the thing with Dom is, I think we, whenever we speak about him, we sort of say, well, he, he's this good now, he's this good now, he's this good now. And he just keeps on. Smashing through that glass ceiling, doesn't he? And you know, I've just just put on Twitter there, and we sort of jokingly said after the West Brom game on the podcast, you know, he's the best centre forward in the world, and and that is ridiculous. But have Everton got the best number nine in the country on the books at the moment? I
1: mean, it's a a huge call, isn't it? But on current form, you have to say yes, he's the top scorer in the Premier League, he's the top scorer in the country, Um, and well. Dreadfully, in, in my opinion, and I'll get pelters for this, but he's probably in line for his England call up tomorrow. And Gareth Southgate announces his squad as well. Um, can you say that about any others? I know Harry Kane started the season well, but he hasn't he hasn't banged in anywhere near the amount Gomez. I know he's got a few assists, but this guy now has got the look to me, Matt, of, of somebody that it's it's one chance, one goal now, and he's developed that quickly. I think even on one of the, one of our shows, post match shows this season. I've said that's what he needs to develop and it looks like he's reached there already. I mean, you only have to look at the the composure for both the first and third goals. There was no doubt in my mind that he was putting them away Um, previously and I'm talking maybe just several handful of games ago or whatever. He might well have fluffed his lines there. He might well have hit it straight to the goalkeeper. He might have tried to blast it. But these were you know, casual, composed finishes where he caresses the ball to find a a bottom corner or he, he, he sort of just you know, he manoeuvres the ball so well in order to get it beyond the keeper's reach, as we saw with the first goal, the first touch was sublime. And he's just, you know, the, the strategies you look at in this league who play on confidence and they score, they end up scoring the goals in sort of that They'll score them in like, you know, maybe go six or seven in five or something like that. But I get the impression with Dom, even though he's had that sort of start, it feels to me like it's a sustainable thing for him because you look at the way he plays and you think, how can this possibly go wrong? How can hmm. how can he not score from the chances he's going to be getting? I mean, you look at that third goal, to me, was was just pure poetry because Gilfie Sigerson did something we've been asking him to do since he signed from Swansea in in playing smack on the edge of the D. Links up so well with Rodriguez, who looked like he'd lost the ball. And it was just, just a beautiful goal, the way it's worked, the intricacies of the passing the weight of the ball from Sigurdsson and Calvert-Loon to not take a touch or hit it straight away. Those things aren't going to dry up, I don't think. I don't think Everton's going to struggle um, when, when we're playing like that, particularly when you look at the levels that have been risen since the new lads come in. And that, that to me, was the big question. I know I asked it uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, Matt, was that it's all well and good and, and obviously the injuries which we're going to get on to to two real key players potentially might be out for a few weeks or whatever it's going to be. Hopefully not, but... When those new lads come in, we saw the immediate lift they give us against Spurs. We saw it when they come back in for the league games that follow, the cup games. And my big question to you was, we'll see if the others have got any sort of gumption about them, if they're able to raise their game, get anywhere near the level that they've started to give us. And I think tonight, against Premier League opposition, I think you can discount the lower league opposition games we've had so far, to say that he's going to, you know, Sigurds is going to be really good and Delft's going to be really good. But tonight, against Premier League opposition... Who are probably going to be, I don't know, mid mid to lower half uh, Premier League team this season in West Ham. They lifted the game. I mean, when have you seen Sigurdsson come away with a, a decent performance like that throughout a whole 90 minutes? Mm. When have you come away from a game where you're looking at him thinking he's going to make a forward pass here and not just go straight back to Pickford or Michael Keane? Yes, there were elements of that, but his main thought was get the ball forward. And that's all we've been asking from him. And if we can lift this game 10%, if we can get Fabian Delph as a viable option if we've got injuries in midfield, which I guess now we'll have to turn to if Alan's uh, injured, then all of a sudden you look and think, we've actually got a squad, not just a first team with three brand new additions who've lifted the whole place. You've got a squad where everybody's lifting the game because the standards are, are now demanded of them. And that, that to me, is, is the biggest thing I'll take from when we're starting to lose some players now through injury. It's inevitable throughout the season. And I was petrified of that happening. Now, not so much. Now I'm like, yeah, it's a blow, but do I feel as if all of a sudden I can trust Gilvie Sigurdsson? I'm probably saying, yeah, right now because he seems to be adapting to everything going on around him.
2: Yeah, I suppose it helps most, doesn't it, when you've, you've got that fellow who just always seems to be in the right place at the right time in the penalty box. You know, how often down the years have we said that we played all right there, we kept the ball, we had a few chances, but we just didn't have that that Romelu Lukaku type figure who would be in the right place at the right time and do you know what, I reckon West, you know, the West Ham equivalent of this show tonight after the game are saying you know, if we had Dominic Carver Lewin there we probably would have you know, you know, done something in that game certainly took it to penalties maybe even won it. Uh, but we, we've got that fella now and it's lovely.
0: You can make a legitimate argument going back 12 months for you not really being able to visualise him scoring any of those goals uh, and it, it's bizarre for a A lad who, as I say, going back to last season, it it seemed as though you had to create the perfect chance for him. And now he's capable of scoring every single type of goal. Uh, Probably the most pleasing one for me tonight is the one that ricochets back off the post. And he's just there. He's just the English striker, isn't he, at the moment? I mean, in terms of of international call-ups, which... I quite happily see him avoid, to be honest, but he, he's an absolute must because he is the informed footballer in the Premier League at the moment. I think a lot of it has to do with with physicality. Um, that certainly, from me watching him, the, there's a real confidence about him going for on goal now. In in times gone by, and in and in seasons gone by, probably the first goal tonight is a shining example of how. I probably would have failed to get too excited until the ball hit the back of the net. But now, you can feel yourself almost semi-celebrating whenever the ball gets within a five-yard radius of him, because there's just a certainty about what he does in front of goal. Um, The third goal, again, as Dave said, it's it's probably one years down the line, albeit not on the back of two goals earlier in the game. Then he probably lashes into the gladder street and we all say, oh, do you know what? You found a great position there, but you weren't really able to capitalize on it, so it's it's so it's so nice to see him develop into the striker that I, I think, admittedly, a lot of Everton fans didn't really think that that he could possibly become myself very much included in that. But I think it it all it all very quickly makes sense when you've got players like Calvert Lewin and uh, excuse me when you've got players like Rodriguez and Richarlison behind them. He looks as though now someone who has just craved that level of quality in behind for for so many years. I think the thing that gives you extra joy watching him is knowing what he's been through as an Everton striker. I think it, we all kind of felt that level of remorse for him at the job that he was <laughs> made to do for two or three seasons. Uh, the game that always comes to mind for me is the one that Rooney scored in at, uh, at the Etihad when Everton drew one all and Carvert-Lewin Ran his backside off, but it, it was always the the thankless task of being Everton striker, and now it looks like finally he's getting his reward for for those hot
2: years of hard work. And I think that's why he's sort of been, you know, everyone's so happy for him, isn't it? I, you know, we, we've seen this lad take the knocks down the ears after running to the channels after, you know, play right wing back, right side, left side, you know, bring all the people into the game. He's you know but I put putting a piece about him last week that. He's gone from being the fellow who facilitates everybody
3: to the one that's facilitated for. Yeah, and I think that, that's a massive a massive step in the right direction for, for us as a team. And, and obviously, it, it suits Don down to the ground, I think, as, as Mo's alluded to there. That chance where it comes back off the post in seasons gone by, he probably gets his feet a bit mixed up and, and hits it over or, or you know it doesn't go into the back of the net regardless. And now he's got that a bit, little bit of arrogance and swagger where he just expects the ball to fall to him in the right position, and he puts his foot in the right place to put it in the back of the net. And, and not many strikers can do that, and, and not many strikers for Everton over, over the past well over recent years have been able to. And we always compare to Lukaku, but at the same time, I think what Calvin Lewin has done that Lukaku didn't do is he, he has had those real hard weeks and months that the Everton fans have written him off the Premier League written him off and everyone said loan here and sell him there and he's not good enough he's not a natural goal scorer and yeah, that, it makes it so much more sweeter for, for him and, and for us to see that come into fruition now and it's it's one of those things I was saying to, to my mates before he was he was a 3 or 4 chance striker before putting us one the up and if we want to be in a position fighting for the top 4 top 6 getting into cup semi-finals and finals and winning them we need one chance in the first 10, 15 minutes. That's got to go in and it's starting to. His first chance is going in and it's mm. it's amazing to see because I don't know how much you can really teach that. I think that just comes from himself of a real self-confidence and, as I say, a little bit of arrogance as well to know that there's nothing going to face me here. I'm just putting the ball on the back of the net and putting us one up. And with a manager like Carlo Ancelotti and, and a midfield like we have now... It looks like we're able to defend
2: leads, and when we're not able to defend, them, we can just go and score another three or four anyway. Yeah, that first goal was almost impudent, wasn't it? The way in which he took it, you know, just in his stride, lofted it over the goalkeeper. It's it's the type of goal we've not really seen him score very often, and i long may 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 continue. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, leave us some comments on who else impressed you tonight. See a lot of shouts for Fabian Delphi who was very good as well. Luca Dean did well at centre back. let us know on that. We'll come back to that at the end, but uh, we'll talk about the injuries. Um, first and foremost, obviously, as we sit here in our day, we haven't had any sort of clarification from the manager or, or the, you know, the, the medical staff of the football club in regards to the severity of them. Uh, you said you're sort of hopeful that the team can cope without them, but I think I think Richardson and Alan both showed in different portions of the game tonight that if if they are out um, at the weekend or maybe beyond that, that, that they're both going to be pretty substantial losses, aren't they?
1: i massively so. Sure. I mean, as much as I've praised the, the sort of what we, can, what we can call fringe players nowadays who were first-team regulars last season, um, I still wouldn't go as far as to say I trust these lads to come in and us to sail to a comfortable win against Brighton on, on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I mean, Richarlison, what he brings this side, I, I, I tweeted about 15 minutes into the game, I actually think he's probably up there as our best Premier League player. Uh, that, that's how good he is. He's just his all-round game is phenomenal. Uh, when you know when people look at if non-Evertonians, I presume would, would say this, but when they look at his his output, his statistics, they wouldn't sort of give credence to the stats that we all know are very, very important to the Charleston's game, and that is defensively as a wide player, defensively as a striker. He, he's he's better than every, literally one of the best in the world at what he does in terms of trapping back. And they'd probably say, OK, yeah, but he doesn't score enough goals. He's not a one-in-two goal scorer. And it's almost like you find it hard to make the argument when people say that sort of thing, when you look at how productive a player is. But he, he does so much in every different category. You wouldn't want to take one of them away in order to give to the other, if you get what I mean, because his all round game is just, just ideal for what you need and what this team needs right now as well. I mean, he, he let's face it, the lad's carry does a lot since... Since he's been here, mm. this is probably the first season where he probably, you know, where he where he's thinking the shackles are off me. Yeah, I can express but, but, myself a but, little bit more. And be honest well, as well, Dave. You know, if Dom's not having his
2: ridiculous purple patch, we're sitting here talking about McCharles and saying he's got four goals already from from five <laughs> five games he's played, which is a great return for him as well.
1: Yeah, and, and a reflection of how much of a loss he will be. Because uh, I mean, you look at Kenny. obviously not too much of a blow because we have got Coleman there, but. Those two going off Alan line and, and Richarlison would be big misses. I, I, the way they went off, I don't think there's a the hope for either of them to play against Brighton. Um, well, just, then, just so, sorry to interrupt you again, well, David. Just seeing
2: that um, some people on Twitter they're saying Richarlison apparently was back on the bench at the end, which with ice on his knee next, yeah. you know, with the rest of the players, which was, you know, you, you know, again we're reading into this, but you'd like to think that means it's not as serious. So he's not been to have a scan or
1: anything straight away. Well, he walked off, didn't he? Hobbled off, should I say. So, I mean, that indicates it's not a ligament injury. And like you say, it's, I mean, it's pretty pointless just sitting here speculating about it. But, yeah, I mean, alan's is a growing strain, probably a little bit less of a sort of concern. It might be an equal amount of time, but that sort of growing strain thing is, is easily fixed. Whereas if you look at the Charleston, if it's any sort of ACL, PCL, cartilage, anything like that, they're obviously very, um, very sort of, Intricate injuries that take some time to heal and things like that. But the way, the way for Charleston is, the thing that, that sort of struck fear into my heart a little bit is that, yes, people will accuse him of going down easily and things like that, but he's not somebody who goes off easily. Yeah. And and that's the thing that I think might be a little bit of a concern here. Um, and I know we've got the rest of the week to discuss what happens if, they, if both of them are out. But um, I think you can probably cope a little bit easier if Alan's out because you could go with what you went with tonight and just have to call a replace him. Um, because Delph, I mean, looked like a man reinvigorated. He looked fitter than I've ever seen him in a blue shirt as well. That's the blue of Everton. Um, and, yeah, Richarlison would be the big blow, because you're looking at me shuffling this formation, this system that's worked so well for us so far, and you can't go like for like. I don't think there's anyone you can put there who would be equally as good. You're probably looking at Bernard or a Wolby coming in on either one of the sides. Or maybe, maybe you put Dom up front on his own and play, he sort of revert to something a little bit more narrow. I'm not too sure, but... Yeah, it'd be big blows, Martin. It's it's the first test we've had. Yeah, uh, and, and you know we're six games in. Fortunate thing for us is the international break comes after this, so if we can if we can grind out uh, a win against Brighton. I mean, that those two weeks have gone sent for us really before the derby.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's going to be part and parcel of the season this out, isn't it? You know, lots of games certainly in this early part, and compacted together and. I think it was always going to be a bit of a battle getting into these seven games and trying to get there with no injuries. In some respects, I'm quite surprised we got to tonight without any serious injuries. Obviously, Gordon was ill, but it feels as though this is just going to be one of those things we have to deal with throughout the course of the season.
3: Yeah, I think, um, I think if anything, using those two weeks to, to give us maybe a second rest, it'll be really beneficial. I know from, from playing myself after coming back from a long injury, once you come in and maybe play two or three games back-to-back and you're back training full-time, your body does get a real shock and you need maybe like a second little bit of a break essentially to make sure that you, your body's right and to go again. And I think as long as the injuries aren't too serious for, for Richarlison, Alan, and obviously Kenny as well, um, yeah, I think it'll be a, a really good break and hopefully um, the likes of Richarlison uh, won't have to go on international duty and he can yeah, rest up. Properly and uh, yeah,
2: getting ready for that derby. Yeah, uh, we're going to rattle through some of the comments on YouTube very quickly. Uh, Michael Keane was, was fantastic. I mean, looks like he's been getting lessons up Hammers, doesn't it? In, in training with that that pass he played, the little swivel and pass over the top, it was ridiculous. And do you know, I think that's probably a harder pass than than you'd you'd realise since the play, isn't it? That because he, you know, it's not just one of them when he boots it up the pitch. He, he's got to get a lot of loft in the angle, right, on it, has not he?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where. In, in games gone by with the, like, uh, cursed Michael Keane for for turning round and maybe looking back to the keeper but then uh, this crazy Cruyff type of bit of skill step over whatever it was comes out and he yeah, yeah clips 140 yards onto the, the the toe of Calvert-Lewin and um, little things like that are just making Everton so exciting to watch and, and Michael Keane must have confidence flowing through him at the moment and there's, there's not many more players, actually, that I'm, I'm more happy to see that happening to. And I think he's, he's been superb since, since we came back after lockdown at the latter stages of last season. And his form seems to have carried on. He's a mainstay in that central defence, um, whether it be Premier League or, or Cup games. And yeah, he deserves everything he's getting at the moment. I think moving on from from Keane and, and staying within the defence, so I think Nkuku was, once again, fantastic he didn't really get to, to show himself off from a, an attacking point of view. Um, but at the same time, like he showed his defensive capabilities. I hope i pronounced his name right there because I know there's about three or <laughs> four
1: I, I thought uh, I thought he got taken off for Enquano. <laughs> it was Yorker, wasn't it? at some point? Yeah, Alex, one point, yeah. Alex, yeah, Yorker, yeah. Played three different left-backs tonight.
2: I was expected yeah. to see someone run on the pitch for the season ticket on him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Trying to yeah. a shirt off him.
2: Oh dear me, dear me. Uh, just so, yeah. Uh, Sean Ryan, so the comment from Michael Keane was from Cats uh, Say Jack, I think. Perhaps that, right? Sean Ryan and Kunku was class. Um, Ed the Blue agree with Mark on the Carbert Lewin. Um, Michael James just said if Dom changes his surname to Carwin Lewis, Giggsy will call him up for Wales. I'm assuming Mike is <laughs> it's from, uh, it's from Wales. <laughs> I, might, I, think, I, think, I think he's probably going to be in the. Uh, the, the squad Earth England tomorrow mate um, surprised the commentators didn't call him Carver
1: Lewis <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, interesting one for Ben Ellis saying uh, Carver Lewis sensational lads his improvement is the kind of improvement Harry Kane showed after numerous terrible loans he came well, back and hasn't looked back uh, Dominic it looks like he's turned the same sort of corner uh, I mean we'd, we'd all take that one if he could sort of have a, a Harry Kane sort of upturn in form um, and fair play right.
1: to Matt. I was just going to say, Matt. Fair, fair play to everybody who stuck with him. I know, I know we, we laugh and joke about your sort of loving him with him, but you've stuck with him from day one. and there were a lot of people that that Harry Kane shout. There were a lot of people when he started to show flashes a couple of years ago, when he started getting a run at centre forward. Finally, um, albeit far too briefly under the under the previous management and the failures we've had to that point, but people said that how Kane started. As you look at uh, Kane's career to that point when he started playing firstly for Tottenham in the Europa League, that's when he started shining for them and then he got a chance in the Premier League side. Before that, he had several long moves that didn't really work out for him in, in terms of him finding some potency in front of goal. If you compare the two of them, I wouldn't be too surprised if, they, if their records start to sort of, if you're looking at this, this sort of snake on a cricket graph, uh, sort of start mm. to align a little bit around this age. So, I mean, it's very, very exciting for us. I think by no means am I calling him Harry Kane uh, before anyone kicks off or any Reds are watching this to say I've done so. He's uh, the handsome all, Harry Kane. All, all current Premier League players could, might take me wrong if they were to see what I was saying, um, but we won't go there either. Um, yeah, but I, I, feel, I feel as if he's he's, in, he's still scratching the, the surface with all of this, Matt. I feel as if he's got so much more to offer and different facets of his game as well. You, you put on Twitter, didn't you, the... You didn't feel as if that first goal was a typical dominant car that we goal. But it wasn't, But wasn't. I want to, to ask you what you sort of consider as one at this point.
2: Probably more a second one now. One, one touch in the right place at the right time. Yeah, whether it's a, a good A good finish, a good header. or just scrambling it over the line. You no, know, he's just, he, he is becoming a poacher, isn't he? That, that, that is his, his bread and butter now. And mm. I think the, the goal he scored tonight was just, the first goal he scored tonight was the first time he scored a goal. That was not um, one touch since the Newcastle home game where we drew two two, and he took it on his left foot at the park end and, and yeah. went it across the keeper. Since yeah. then, since then, all his goals have been first touch finishes up until that one yeah. last night. So I think that indicates, and just, just finally, Mozer, last word to you on this. Uh, surely he's going to be called up to the England squad tomorrow, as we've all said. There, I don't think any of us are too fussed about that. Um, I think we'd all like to keep him in, in cotton wool, but I suppose it's. It's that dilemma, isn't it, where if he goes away with England and does well, he's, he's, he's going to come back and be even more confident, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's absolute reward for the lad.
0: Uh, quite fitting opposition tonight. I'm looking forward to Calvert Lewin and Michael Keane playing an instrumental part in England's next World Cup, bringing the trophy <laughs> home and then dining out on Everton winning the World Cup for the next 60 years. Um, <laughs> Very much looking forward to that, but yeah, I think as much as as much as instinctively, uh, it, it's a particular Evertonian thing, I think, is that we, we find our own successes so hard to come by that we then feel that they are ours and ours alone, and it, it, it's not for the nation or the rest of global football to share, it's purely an L4 experience and no one else is allowed to touch it, um, <laughs> which is nice for the vast majority of the season, but the way to, to keep this lad firing and to keep him happy is to allow him to to reach his goals. Um, scoring goals for Everton is absolutely one of them, but being the best striker in England is probably one as well. Um, so, as long as he's flourishing
2: and it's in a blue shirt, long may I continue. Uh, Henry Tan on YouTube has said, the dog is celebrating DCL hat-tricks. Whose pooch was that? Was that yours, Dave? Or He's muted his it, you know No,
1: it was. I put it, I put it on mute for that reason, yeah. Uh... There we go. They always tend to kick off at the right time and that's exactly when I'm recording. Uh, they're, normally, they're normally silent throughout the day but they don't want to press yeah. record on this thing. There we go.
2: Dogs dogs for DCL. That's it, isn't it? Everyone. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. every, everyone <laughs> man and Beast has got a, it's got a lot to say about done at
1: the moment. I was just going to okay. say, Matthew, before we finished, uh, I don't know if anybody's seen before the game because it's sort of come out that we made a bid for Ben Godfrey at Norwich. Um, mm. Obviously, the, the elusive centre-half that we're probably looking at um, in terms of coming as a third senior one. £26 million pound bid into Norwich for him. I mean, I, I I can't remember him too much playing or starting for Norwich at, last season. I mean, the obvious caveat to come with signing relegated players, but I suppose we did that with Decoray, didn't we? But it's nice to see the club trying to get the business done early in the sort of transfer week. I'm going to shut up as <laughs> the dogs have gone nuts because some muppet has set off a firework by mind.
2: There we go. Everyone's out celebrating the Blues. <laughs> Everyone's out celebrating the Blues progression in the Carabao Cup. We'll wrap it up there. We've got loads more coming on the Blue Room this week to go through. Uh, Just on on the comments, every player, I think, has got a shout for playing well tonight. So, again, it's one of those nights where I think everybody, nobody dipped below a 7 out of 10, absolutely. But uh, 6 out of 6 for Everton into the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. Can they make it 7 out of 7 against Brighton on Saturday ahead of that Merseyside derby two weeks later? It would be absolutely wonderful if they did. Uh, Just a a couple of notes. Uh, Give this video a like if you're watching it on YouTube. Uh, click subscribe in the bottom right hand corner if you haven't already as well and also if you want to hear more from us we've got tons of stuff over on the blue room extra it's patreon.com slash the blue room extra uh, if you want to hear more from us uh, we have new shows going out there every single day and with the top he's doing really well why wouldn't you want to get more everton content so thanks very much today to adam and to Moes. that's been your instant match reaction to everton 4 West Ham United 1, up the toffees. Have a good week, and we'll speak to again very soon.
0: When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head.
3: Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it.
0: Sorry, we can't save you from that memory. But we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: 18 plus.